0: Okay, so what 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 are we talking about? We're talking about. I, I keep you know I keep thinking canceled video games, but I know you mean delayed video games. Why do you
1: want to talk about canceled video games? Because yeah. if you do, I got a doozy.
0: Yeah, I'm sure you do.
1: I'm sure we all do. <laughs> no, but seriously, a good canceled one: Star Trek, Secret of Vulcan Fury. Oh, mm. Deep
0: Cut.
1: <laughs> no, like seriously? I just fell off the internet. <laughs> <laughs> The trailers looked amazing. The voice cast was the entire original series crew. It was made by the same people who made Judgment Judgment Rights Rights. and
0: 25th Anniversary. So it was
1: supposed to be an adventure game, which would have been awesome. But I don't remember why they didn't push through with it. Like all the recordings were done. Yeah. And all the designs were done.
0: Yeah. Oh, right. I don't think this was officially part of the episode. (laughs) No, it really wasn't. Sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh right,
1: right, right, right. <laughs> See, content happens whether you know it or not.
0: <laughs>
1: okay, there should fine. be a
0: there should be a sign in the street. Content approaching.
1: <laughs> okay, here we go. Here we go. Welcome to Three Point Landing, where we talk about movies, games, and stuff. <laughs> Sorry again. Welcome to Three Point Landing, where we talk about movies, games, and TV shows. I'm Misha.
0: Matthew. The hell was that? <laughs> Something special, I don't know.
1: (laughs) My co-host's senses have taken leave of his body. When they come back, we will be talking about delayed video games. This is something that happens quite often um, in the video game industry. But um, something interesting has happened recently is that a number of Premium titles have been put on hold, as it were. The number of titles that were announced recently as coming out in the next couple of months have been pushed back. Um, various degrees and today we're going to go through them one by one and maybe delve a little bit into why the games are important and why the
0: delays. So okay so they weren't they weren't put on hold because uh, work is still ongoing and that means people are going to have to crunch harder to make those deadlines. yeah, But crunch is bad. Yeah crunch is bad crunch is bad. But that's not really the scope of our conversation here. The scope of our conversation is high profile games that have been bumped forward and it seems like a case of excess promises so, okay, so let's let's go down to the base and talk about which games have been postponed. Which of the most high profile? Wait, games.
1: wait, hold on. Something you said, I I, I like that. I mean, you said uh, a little bit uh, a case of overpromising. Why? Why do you think that
0: is? I think what happened here was many of these games were announced at E3 last year. And right. when the trailers dropped and when the announcements made, they would say things like Watch Dogs Legion coming out March 2020. Right, right. And And, uh, you know, Marvel Avengers coming out May 2020. And, you know, la- the same thing for The Last of Us, Cyberpunk 2077. Yep, yep. Um, And many other games. All those games I just listed, they've been uh, postponed. And I think it's, when I say uh, pr- um, over-promising, I mean, I think these uh, publishers and developers were a little too excited to have these titles out um, in their first half of the year, when it was clear that the amount of work that they could get done between June and that date would not be as much as they, that they thought they could. Do
1: you think there's any particular reason that these publishers were aiming for the first quarter? Um... Well, for me, okay, this, this is I'm I'm not an expert by any means, but I honestly think that it might have something to do to do with the release of the PS5 at the end of the year. I think that they wanted to get these, well, at this point, previous generation titles out, yeah, um, as soon as possible, so as to keep as large a sales window open as possible before the release of the new console. Because the tendency with people is, when something new is on the horizon, they're gonna stop. Um, they're going to stop or at least they're going to be more uh, judicious about buying titles for the previous mm. generation. They want to see what happens with the new one.
0: Yeah, I ha- you know, I honestly hadn't considered that. Like, I guess maybe I'm just a, I wouldn't say mean-spirited, but I guess maybe just, you know, I was just being uncharitable and thought, oh, okay, you know, these games are just trying to like rush out the door and, you know, hope to capture sales. What you say is, seems, feels like, I feel like that checks out. Because if you release your game anywhere close to November or September right. when these consoles are going to come out, their sales will be captured cannibalized by people who are trying to save money for the next generation of consoles. Right, right. And if you, when you release in March or April, at the very least, you think, oh, okay, I can afford to buy this game now and still have six months left over to save up money for the next console. Yeah, that kind of makes sense, I
1: think. But you know what's frustrating is that I was expecting all of these amazing new games in the first quarter and I'm one of those fools who went out and bought a PS4 in expectation. <laughs> so... Yeah, I mean, it's very frustrating.
0: So uh, so you're basically saying that anybody who might have bought a, a console late in this generation in the hopes of cashing in on these games might have felt screwed?
1: Just a little bit, yeah, just a little bit. Don't get me wrong. I love the games that I got, but the thing is that you were expect you bought this thing with very specific expectations, and now those aren't being met. But I'm sure it's more frustrating for someone like you who has been actively playing games of this generation, and you also were looking forward to these titles coming out.
0: That's true. I mean, well, for one thing, you know, there's always there's never a shortage of games uh, to play, but. Keeping up with the latest video game releases is a thing that is just as important to gamers as keeping up with the latest movies are with uh, movie fans. Because you want to be part of the conversation and the discourse
1: Mm -hmm. that
0: surrounds the latest video games. And definitely not being able to deliver means like really uh, adjusting. Now… I think the games that we're looking at, they probably ended up being delayed because of the immense technical ambitions that they've set out for themselves. Okay. Now, let me back up and sort of like set up a context here. Knock yourself out. In the past 12 months or 24 months, two years, so many games have come out that consumers have felt are pushing the hardware of this generation to the limit. You know, okay. what I mean like games like Control, right. uh, with its advances in lighting and you know, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, you know, with its lush graph uh, lush landscapes, they have come out in recent in, in recent months and been laggy, glitchy, buggy, or filled with long load times right. on the PlayStation on right. the baseline, Playstation Four and Xbox One. Okay. How does that compare to the PC versions though? I still think they take a long time to load, maybe fa- <laughs> maybe faster, but not okay. enough okay. and fair enough. I bring up this point because. What I'm saying here is that I kind of feel like people are trying to wring as much blood out of this generation right. as possible. They're very, they want to keep pushing the envelope for what can be done with video games, but are very reluctant to give up the privilege of releasing those games on consoles that have huge audiences right. and huge install bases. Right,
1: because you already have a guaranteed bunch of people who are yeah. going to be um, looking for the
0: next big thing
1: before the arrival of the next big thing. Yeah. The actual and, next big thing.
0: Yeah, and, you know, people love to talk about the hype that goes on with games that are going to come out for the next generation. But those games tend to suffer a little bit in the initial window because they're releasing to smaller install bases. Right. You know I mean, more copies have been sold in Le- of Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild in its succeeding years than have been sold when the Switch first right, launched because, with it.
1: Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but from my personal observation is that whenever a new console hits or any new, any new piece of hardware, whether it's like an, an iPad or an, you know um, a new graphics card, there's always going to be a segment of the market that's ha- going to have a wait-and-see mentality. They exactly. want to see what the bugs are. They want to see what's wrong with it. They want to see what the reviews say. And there are those who will wait until... The second or third generation before they get on the bandwagon.
0: Yeah, I mean, any, any consumer who wants to be a little bit, to, to play it smart, so to speak, yeah. will hedge their bets for a certain amount of time. That's fair, that's fair. Yeah,
1: and So it just makes sense to get all of these games out now while the getting is good on yeah. the existing generation of consoles before the next one hits.
0: Yeah, I mean, on, on the publisher end. So basically, yeah. yes. And, I mean, from a sales point of view. Yeah, and I'm not comfortable with that. On the one hand, you know it's the smart business decision to exploit that, that install base. On the other hand, I don't know if those video games will will express themselves in their best form on the PlayStation 4 and Xbox Series you X. So you're talking from an
1: aesthetic point of view or from a gameplay point of view? From a,
0: te- from a technical view. Meaning like, okay, let's start talking about the games that have been delayed. I no. think the first one I want to talk about which is not necessarily hype, but I think is worth discussing, is Watch Dogs Legion. Okay. The yeah. third installment in Ubisoft's techno-thriller series of open-world games.
1: Okay, besides the fact that this, this is a sequel to an existing franchise... What's exciting about this one? What makes it different?
0: Uh, What makes it different is the premise that Ubisoft and uh, lead designer Clint Hawking have set for it. Which is that it's a game where you lead a revolution, sort of a resistance movement against the surveillance state in a post-Brexit futuristic England. Okay. Uh, Okay. And what happens is, is that you're against surveillance, you're against the police state and all that stuff. And the big gameplay hook they've been telling everybody is that every character in the entire city of London has his own backstory. Mm -hmm. And has their own, like, personality and their own classes and skills and stuff like that. And they can all be recruited. So it's kind of a sandbox. It's a sandbox. And the way the game is supposed to work is that you can go up to a guy and do them some favors and they'll join your army. And this applies to every single citizen in England. Wow. Okay. And I don't know that, how... That's ambitious. Yeah, it is ambitious. We've seen some gameplay of it, and I don't know if they're, if they're hard scripting every single character or if they're tasking a procedural algorithm to de- generate it, but it has been on record that difficulties with like developing this game, with making it work, is what's contributed to how long it's taken to... <sighs> release it. And so now I'm thinking, okay, here's a game that's in a massive world, yeah. has great technological ambitions mm-hmm. and is probably going to be expected to push graphics a little bit and they want to release it on the regular generation Xbox and and PlayStation 4 and I don't know I don't know will that game suffer on these platforms that are now based on hardware that is seven years old now, wow, the PlayStation Four—it's been that long It's seven years old. When they came out, they weren't even considered top-tier PCs. Right. I'm not holding that against it. It's just that consoles tend to represent a very av- an average level of technology. True. To keep costs within reason for right, the consumer. Right. Yeah, and the
1: fact that they're putting it out now—that they're choosing to put out something that's in theory more technologically advanced than what we've been seeing lately—yeah, that does sound very ambitious.
0: Yeah, and it's also worrying because, like, okay, so control control took forever to load on the next Box One, and 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 in Order was slow as crap on the PS4. Right. What am I going to? What am it I? It wasn't
1: that bad. Yeah, on but the what PS4. am I for?
0: But what am I supposed to expect for control for uh, for Watch
1: Dogs? Right, right. Yeah,
0: yeah. I can see that that could be troubling.
1: But then you know what they're going to do, right? They sell enough copies, they're going to put out a remastered version in a couple of years on the next console, anyway.
0: Yeah, or yeah, and and you'll get it again. Oh but here's the thing um this is, we don't know what the game plan is for Watch Dogs Legion but that lends me to allows me to segue to another topic which is uh, Cyberpunk 2077 a game which has recently pledged that they if you buy Cyberpunk 2077 on the Xbox One right you are entitled to a free version of it or a free upgrade to Xbox Series X the the, the next, success, one. Right, next one next right. one so you don't have, you know, consumers who are worried about paying twice for a video game under Xbox and, under, and specifically Cyberpunk 2077, that's not a worry. So already, console manufacturers like Microsoft and publishers like CD Projekt Red, who create Cyberpunk twenty seven, are already thinking about this. About right, thinking right. about how consumers might be worried about having to double pay. And they've said, you know what? Don't double pay. Okay, that's cool. That's kind of cool.
1: Three-point landing! Um I think um if I remember right a part of the reason that this game is getting an inordinate amount of attention was the involvement of Keanu Reeves. I mean that guy is essentially the flavor of the month at the moment. I yeah. mean I mean people love him. People love Keanu.
0: Keanu's always been like in varying degrees but almost always on the positive. But You're he's right.
1: exploded in the last couple of years. Seriously. Yeah, I mean, with we're John Wick more.
0: movies and then Toy Story 4. Uh, always be my maybe.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, and he can he can have fun with himself which I appreciate. And um, he looks like um, a rough and tumble character in this one.
0: Yeah. Uh, he is actually a very important character in Cyberpunk 2077. He's not just an NPC or a guest character like David Bowie was in, uh, in 1998's Macron the Nomad Soul. Okay. He is um, a character who exists inside your head. What do you mean he exists? He's
1: not a real person.
0: Um, he is the ghost of Johnny. He is the digital ghost of Johnny Silverhand. I thought you were going to say Johnny Mnemonic. That would be cool though, right? But <laughs> jo- uh, Johnny Silverhand, he's inside your head and he provides guidance to the player.
1: Okay, so he actually has a substantial role and yeah. he was very active in the production of the game from what yeah. I can tell.
0: Yeah, well, at least in the in narrative components, yeah.
1: Okay, I mean, it can't be any worse than Bruce Willis in Apocalypse.
0: I forgot about that game. Yeah, now you'll now never you rem- it. Now you made me remember.
1: Ah, you made me remember Masters of Terror's Cassie a couple of episodes ago. So it's you you get what you're, you get what's coming to you. <laughs> For those of you who are too young to remember Bruce Willis we lent his voice and likeness to Apocalypse, a PlayStation 1 game that many
0: of us have tried very 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 hard to forget. I'm sorry, I got distracted by thoughts of Phil Hartman and Blasto. Hey, Phil Hartman. Oh, <laughs> rest in peace. <laughs> but, yeah, Robert. No, uh, we have to do an episode of actors in video games. I've written eight lists about that, don't you know?
1: Oh, we're plugging <laughs> ourselves now, are
0: we? Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> Visit no. me at eightlist.ph slash author slash Matthew hyphen slash. <laughs> 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 Okay, no, I, I don't just... know I don't know the URL by heart. And I don't check my page regularly. Sure you do. <laughs> Fuck, I just remembered Malcolm McDowell and Wing Commander 3. Don't get me started. Don't, <laughs> don't get me started. We may have to cut this part. But don't get me started.
1: Fine, fine, fine. So, okay. Besides Keanu, why should I care about
0: Cyberpunk? Well, it's by CD Projekt Red. And CD Projekt Red is a publisher that… Has Witcher, it, right? Yes, The Witcher. They are the ones who made Witcher into a game series that is so popular it sold so many copies that Netflix thought it was market viable to make an, right, a, a, to the, a series out of it
1: to the point that they even took the game's aesthetic and applied it in live action
0: yeah yeah I mean not all of it but definitely there's yeah. it's, it took inspiration it, there's for no, sure there's no denying that there's at least some influence in Right, it. and right. it's also taken to be true because Henry Cavill himself who plays uh, Geralt of Rivia on The Witcher ne- by Netflix he is a fan of the video games as well yeah. he even confessed that he didn't know that there were books (laughs) (laughs) it's okay no one
1: ever accused him of being intelligent but um yeah i've been playing it on the switch i know i'm a couple of years late but i've been having a great time with it believe it or not they were able to cram all of that into a handheld um cartridge and it's not bad i can I, i i'm enjoying it genuinely Cool, 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 cool.
0: So yeah, so this is basically uh this is basically the first new property from CD Project Red. And I think uh that alone is what has gotten people excited. But CD Project Red is also a company that is famous for producing games that have really heavily art-directed games. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the art direction is something to the point wherein, uh when I first played Witcher 2 on my relatively top of the line computer Humble it's, brag uh, uh, Relatively Humble brag It brought it down to its knees <laughs> Okay, okay Um, The Witcher games are famous for being demanding on the PC and mm-hmm. there's no reason to believe that CD Projekt Red won't repeat that kind of Demanding No Uh seriously I mean no kidding Um, The
1: creator of God of War When he tried out Witcher on the Switch He thought it was Nothing short of um, You know Witchcraft (laughs) He said that Witcher 3 Is like Eight times bigger Than any of the God of War games That he made In his day Mm -mm -mm. And He can't even imagine Those games Working on the Switch So the fact that Witcher 3 Is now available To be played Anywhere on the go (laughs) Incredible and now you're saying this new game, Cyberpunk, is going to be along those lines?
0: Yeah, along those lines. I mean, it's you know futuristic. It's uh, um, you know lots of uh, high tech criminal sh- uh, chicanery, and yeah, that's another game that I am you know inclined to wonder how that will perform on a on a PS4 or an Xbox One versus an Xbox Series. But here's the thing: uh, one of the things that the developers said when they announced. The postponing of the game's release from March or April to November Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is that they said that they will definitely have to crunch. Like they literally admitted this. Didn't they
1: they promise that they weren't going to do any such thing?
0: No, they promised that they won't crunch us hard. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going home at 4. We're going home home at at 3.30. Yeah. Pretty much, pretty much. Bloody hell! Okay, now. and I I won't get into it here. There's another a whole other episode for me to talk about video yeah. game and video games and labor practices. Oh,
1: we have to talk about that. Yes, we. Yeah, will. definitely we will.
0: But I will say that I'm not really excited about C Project Red uh, as a company because they're, they have demonstrated that they have an attitude of like, well, if you work for us, it's a privilege. <laughs>
1: Isn't that how most of them justify it? You know, you don't want to work for us? Fine, leave.
0: We'll find somebody else who wants this on their resume. Usually, a company will perform that internally. You know what I mean? See, <laughs> Project Red actually said this in a public-facing statement. They said, our way of making games, you know, is, is very special and not like others. To work, you know, and so it requires a very special kind of individual to work the way we do which is basically saying you need to be special to for us <laughs> to which rockstar said shut up and hold my beer <laughs> <laughs> i got this <laughs> yeah so anyway yeah cyberpunk uh okay. 2077 okay
1: here's a title that i'm actually looking forward to and i want your take on it the avengers <laughs> i Don't know what to make of it. Look, okay, okay. We grew up in a time, like in the 80s and the 90s and whatnot, when movie tie-in games were generally terrible. They Mm -hmm. were terrible. But you got them because they had the movie poster on the box. Or because, you know, you wanted to be Batman or whatnot. But for the most part, licensed games were terrible. And recent years have kind of turned the tide a bit. Wherein that most franchises, when they have a big movie coming out, they don't bother with putting out games on mainstream consoles. They'll put it on mobile where you can just forget about it. Where it doesn't really matter. You're not as demanding. You just want something to do on the way to work. But titles like Arkham Asylum or even Fallen Order to some degree, mm. they show that if you put in some time, love, money… Into these franchises, then it is possible to do a decent licensed game. And then I saw the trailer for Avengers, and it just seemed like a step back.
0: Well, I definitely agree with you there. (laughs) Um, Okay, there's there's a lot of there's a lot to unpack in your statements actually. And I'm I'm, I'm, (laughs) no, and I'm and I think it. I think it just no, and I just think I think it shows how emotionally rich our relationship is to these kinds of characters and layered. Mm. So for one thing. Yeah, the Marvel Marvels Avengers. Uh, that's the official title. Marvels Avengers, right. by, uh, which is a game being developed by Crystal Dynamics, the studio behind Tomb Raider and Rise of the Tomb Raider, both of which I enjoyed. Oh, cool! And the publisher is Square Enix, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they are making this game, the first ever Avengers game since God knows when.
1: Um, I'd say Captain America and the Avengers, like, like in the arcade
0: in 1990 or something. Oh wow, possibly yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so this is their first time making a a, a game in the wake of the MCU <clears throat> right and the thing that has made you and I left like scratching our heads is how much the game sort of like borrows the aesthetic of the Marvel Cinematic Universe but not quite but uh, sort of being <laughs> off the mark <laughs> yes exactly. being off the mark enough for it to be disturbing
1: they're like those knockoff movies that change just a little bit so that you mistake them yeah. for the actual movies
0: when you when you download or when still you still bitter buy about them. that time your aunt bought you Transmorphers instead of Transformers <laughs>
1: <laughs> or the mummy strikes or stuff like that. <laughs> but seriously, why did they choose this route? I mean, fine. Maybe it's expensive to get Robert Downey Jr.'s face on the Iron Man's on the Iron Man model, right? But why would you feel the need to change things like their outfits or or maybe their characterizations because even in the cinematics that've been released, these people don't even sound like the characters that have been established on the big screen. If you're not going to be leaning into the MCU, why (sighs) reference it at all?
0: Yeah, you know that's that's a big nope, nope, nope for me. Um, I am very much excited about the existence of uh, characters like Kamala Khan sh- making their video game debut. No, absolutely,
1: I, I, if I'm not mistaken, she's the protagonist. Yeah, one? she's
0: the she's the point of view character. Okay, all okay, right. Yeah. and I don't know how to respond to your concerns with anything but an affirmative, <laughs> because <laughs> cause, uh, and you know the game the game had a poor showing, or rather, when the game was unveiled at E3 last uh, last year. <laughs> people definitely had a very similar reaction that mm. you had since then the game's aesthetic has not changed oh but they upgraded it a little bit yeah uh, like it's still doing the photorealistic right, right. but hyper stylized but their outfits sort,
1: are still terrible sort of
0: mcu ish but not aesthetic yeah but at least the graphics and the performance have come to look better and at least that shows me that. and that's between that's between June and December that we saw a yeah, marked change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the fact mm-hmm. that they can make those changes within that time period gives me at least a little bit of hope because at least they can implement those changes. Whereas other games I've seen where I, I saw the preview in November and I'm like, oh, this isn't looking good. And then look, when they released it, I mean, it looks the same.
1: Look at it this way, right? Captain America is traditionally a good looking guy. Can we just agree on that? Yeah. Here, he looks like a big dumb jock.
0: He looks like, um, like Army Hammer's. Uh, if you took the disused genetic material of Army Hammer from a, <laughs> a barbershop floor and then you like tried to grow an imperfect clone from him. <laughs>
1: you know what I see when I look at their Captain America model? I see Big Moose from those old Archie comics. That's what I see. Oh. A big, dumb, blonde jock. Like, seriously, he looks like Big Moose. He was like, Tony Stark's looking at my girl. God. That guy is not leading my Avengers.
0: I think I, could, I think I could go all day with you talking about unfavorable comparisons between Marvel's Avengers <laughs> Captain America <laughs> with other random blonde people. Oh, but, okay, okay, one more, one more.
1: Black Widow in this game looks worse than that Chun-Li model that they had to replace from the last Street Fighter game. Rough, yeah, rough. Yeah. Like, I don't even know where to begin. I don't know where to begin, honestly, without offending everybody. But she, again, she doesn't have to look like Scarlett Johansson. Mm-mm.
0: It's just that she's not supposed to look like a dude either. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, that's that's just me.
0: Unless a uh, transgendered black widow is the new thing, I don't know. I'm, she I'm, looks
1: like an '80s Soviet weightlifter. That's what
0: she looks like. I'll I'll buy that. <laughs> but anyway, like so with Marvel's Avengers. Uh, okay, fine. Go. This, you know, despite okay, so. I have misgivings, you have misgivings. I think one of the reasons why this game is going to be delayed, other than the fact that they hopefully will take the necessary time to polish and improve this, the look of this game when it comes out in in later in the year. But I think, you know, at the heart of what's worrying about the Avengers isn't necessarily the aesthetic. Okay, that that's at, fair, that's fair. But definitely the technology. Again, once more, like Watch Dogs Legion, the technical... And ambitions they've set for themselves, and the experience that they're trying to craft. Uh, this game is has a single player campaign, okay, um, as most uh, good games are expected to have nowadays. Mm-hmm. But they also want <clears throat> to design this game like an ongoing comic book experience, where every month, new, uh, new. Well, I'm not sure it's every month, but every once in a while, new. Characters, new story arcs, new content will be added to the game. Okay, that sounds cool. Yeah, so that means uh, at launch, we'll get the the core Avengers and Kamala Khan. But in the future, we might get Ant-Man, we might get Falcon, we might get all these other characters being added in.
1: So here's a funny thing. I was going to mention some of the weirder Avengers, but given the way the MCU has been going, I honestly wouldn't mind if we get some of the more offbeat <laughs> ones, honestly. Because it could pop, it could totally happen at this point. Who I knows, think, right?
0: You know, you jest. But I think that would be beneficial to the game because then they don't have a point of reference to be compared for, against unfavorably. <laughs> so let's say they bring out Black Knight. They'll be like, "Oh, okay, you know, like which mm-hmm. is nobody's gonna have to compare this black Knight with some movie black Knight, no, that's <laughs> fair, I mean, yeah. I'm just
1: saying that we live in a universe now, we live in a world where the guardians of the galaxy." At best, they were like Z-list, yeah. But now they're a number one box office draw. So I would not be surprised if we saw Black Knight or any other the other yeah. characters that that formerly wouldn't even have gotten the time of day yeah. in a video
0: game. So that that's cool. That's pretty cool. So you know, there's, so there's that the new characters, <clears throat> and also this game is supposed to be a a, a an experience that has multiplayer elements, where you go on missions with other friends and pick the Avengers you like and uh, go on raids and, and, and grind for elite cosmetics and all of that stuff. So already, they need to make sure that the game not just plays well, but also can, has the infrastructure to support all of that, like, multiplayer stuff and synchronization of content and <clears throat> um, even just like facilitating the commerce that goes with selling and buying cosmetic items which might seem puzzling to most people who play a lot of video games because you think haven't they figured that out it's by now it's funny when you
1: say cosmetic items <clears throat> i mean i know what you mean but now i can't stop imagining captain america with lipstick <laughs> 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 like seriously
0: well, that might be a, a an alternate skin for Captain America. <laughs> Glamden America. He's fierce. Sorry, Captain Glamerica. Yes. All right. For the flag, he's fierce. For the flag, he's fierce for the flag. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, uh but this I don't think Square Enix has a high profile game like this. You know what I mean? Like, Activision has Destiny too. Right. Ubisoft has The Division. BioWare, ha- EA BioWare has... <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, you can say that. You can say and it.
0: Has Anthem. And <laughs> Square Enix would like to, you know, deliver that kind of, get that kind of like...
1: Do you think that they have it in them to deliver
0: an adequate or even enjoyable experience? I wouldn't say I have zero faith, but I would say that given... The failures of companies that felt like they couldn't fail in the past, right, uh, or in the recent past, is definitely something to really keep an eye on. You know what I mean? Like Anthem, <clears throat> uh, Anthem was from Bioware, a company that people thought. Highly of back in right. the day with Mass Effect and Dragon right. Age, um, Fallout seventy six. This is from a company like Bethesda oh that God. made you know Fallout games that most people that,
1: that was that was a train wreck.
0: Yeah, yeah. That so. was an absolute train wreck.
1: Anthem. I would even give it the benefit of the doubt. No, not even. A, I mean, I would give it some leeway. It was it was uneven. But Fallout <laughs> Fallout seventy six was just that was a hate crime. Honestly, <laughs> that that was like that should never have been released. Yeah, honestly. Speaking of… Uh, while we're still on the topic of upcoming games that have been delayed. Um, another one I'm looking forward to is Last of Us. The 2. Last of Us Part 2. Absolutely. I had a great time with the first one. It was like playing… Well, you know. It was essentially Logan. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it was good. It was, it was like fun. A,
0: I think it was like a Cormac McCarthy novel. like Wrapped in a zombie apocalypse kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: With a healthy helping of um, gore. <laughs> but… You know, the sequel, how long have we been waiting for this? How long has it been since the last one came the, out?
0: The Last of Us, uh, the original The Last of Us came out on the PlayStation 3 in, 20 yeah. th- in 2013. So this has been seven years since. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless you count The Last of Us Remastered being released like later that year.
1: I don't want to count. Was it, was it the same year that Remastered came out? I think um, it was a little bit Maybe later. after. Maybe 2014. Maybe it was 2014, later. It was 2014, later. Yeah. yeah. But um, here's the thing. Um, now it's being delayed. Was it the case, once again, of them biting off more than they
0: could chew by saying that they were coming out and then there's no way we can make that date? My hypothesis really here is going to be, unlike the previous examples mentioned, it's just a lot of animation to work on, a lot of stuff they've been working on. And I think it might also be a, a shift in internal policies. Like I, How so? I'm not, a, I'm not a 100% insider in the video game industry, yeah. but… Naughty Dog is a company that has sort of like, has well documented issues with crunch. But unlike other companies that have tried to double down or excuse it, yep. it's become a source of personal drama for the company. Like the studio directors like Neil Druckmann and Bruce Traley, they have confessed how much of a great toll making these games, like the personal cost these games have had on their lives. And that's just them at the executive creative director level. Right. To say nothing of the employees who work under them. Mm -hmm. And while I don't think Naughty Dog has handled its crunch perfectly in the past, it's definitely a company that at least demonstrates an interest in addressing that situation. So
1: you're saying that maybe the delay is because they don't want to crunch as hard?
0: Yeah, and I don't think that's a. I don't think the move of the release date from this from one one point in the time in the calendar to the other is precipitated by a change in 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 reducing crunch, but rather a consequence of policies that were put in put in years before already about like you know you know like like they decide okay let's cut down on crunch in about twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen, and they thought they'd be done by March, mm. and you know, and and Last of Us Part Two. Is a game that might not seem ambitious from a creative services te- or technology perspective, but it's definitely an animation-intensive game. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, um, this is a game where motion cap, where you know, Naughty Dog's motion capture, like, uh, is like be unparalleled in the business.
1: I think um, I'm going to have to disagree a little bit with the, on the part of the technical aspects because something that the original game had going for it, even before they remastered it, it looked amazing on the old PS3 it looked even better when it was remastered and it essentially became like a landmark title for the mm. console so i think that maybe they have that kind of pressure on them now to deliver an experience equal to if not superior they have to make something that's going to make your eyes bleed because of how beautiful it is
0: definitely no i think i think you i think you might be overlooking how much in agreement we are on this which is that what i'm basically saying is that this game is, co- is expected to be as visually stunning, if not yeah, more so, absolutely. than the predecessor. And to deliver those mm-hmm. visuals, deliver that animation, while trying to address their own like, overworked culture, has come at the cost of a release date. Mm. That's what I'm hypothesizing. Well, I think in this case we can live with it, because yeah. it
1: makes for a better experience further down the line, then so be it.
0: And if it means it's not the, the cost of the personal life, if it means a reduced cost on the personal lives of the people who are working for it, then fine. Yeah, that too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.: Oh, you, you know me, you know. I mean, my heart goes out to anybody who has to crunch, has to work two, three, four, five, six hours over time on a daily basis, because it, it's not fun. It's really not fun.
0: Yeah, and, you know, uh, if it means uh, the video game developers get to stay in the industry because they're not burnt out, I can live with that.
1: Okay, yeah, Yeah. that's cool, that's cool. Three points! So, for now, let's move on. Those are the titles that are upcoming, that we're looking forward to, that they got the release dates pushed back. What titles come to mind, Matthew? Looking back, what titles come to mind for you that were delayed, but eventually came out after much hype and much speculation, and um, were they any good? I
0: I feel like I have less experience with that than than most other people. I know that can be surprising considering how many video games I play, but it's because... um, because most of the games that end up getting delayed usually have uh, big console releases. And also, right. I tend to play a lot of video games. Right. So I tend to be very easily distracted from slipped release dates. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. But I think one game that is definitely worth remembering for me is The Last Guardian. Okay. It, it's not one that is close to me emotionally, but it's definitely a game that has existed for a very long time for us. because. Oh, okay, so The Last Guardian… I was going to ask. Is tell us what,
1: what, what is it about.
0: Yeah, The Last Guardian is an emotional journey game about a young boy and his beast friend, this sort of like dog-like creature named Trico. Okay. As they travel across ruin, a ruined, you know, a ruined landscape. Ruined. Mm. Ruined, ruined. Did I say ruined? <laughs> no, I just like saying ruined. A ruined landscape. And… That game was announced back, I think, in 2005 or 2006. Okay. And it didn't come out until 2018. Wow. They
1: took their time, didn't they?
0: They did, and you know it came to a point where people were joking about it, like it was vaporware, like it would never come out. (laughs) Because this is, and and people were also very excited about it because the past games that the developer Fumito Ueda had made were very emotionally affecting experiences. So the Last Guardian was supposed to be a bespoke experience that they were all waiting for. That couldn't be answered by the next Half Life, the next Fallout, the Mm -hmm. next Mm -hmm. uh, Quake, or whatever. And, yeah, that game, really, nobody thought that it would, it would ever come out, but it did. And, right, right. Uh, the other game that uh, comes to mind for me is Final Fantasy fifteen.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. That one also took its sweet time, didn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, Final Fantasy fifteen is a game by, by Square, as we all know, because Final Fantasy is an iconic franchise. Right, right. Um, it was announced back in 2006, hot on the heels of Final Fantasy thirteen. Mm-hmm. Yep, I remember. And they didn't release it until 2015. (laughs) So it took them nine years, I think, to make this game. Right, right.
1: We were already playing Arkham Knight at that point.
0: Yeah. Uh, You know, there's a tweet that, uh, there's a a joke tweet that came out at the time wherein Assassin's Creed 1 came out in 2007 or 6. Okay, yeah. And Assassin's Creed, 15 Assassin's Creed games were released between. 15? Yeah, between 2007 and 2015. And so the joke was that they've released just as many Assassin's Creed games as they did Final Fantasy games. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. But
1: hold on. Okay, something I got to ask though. Whether it's Last Guardian or whether it's Final Fantasy Fifteen, Would you
0: consider the wait to have been worth it in those cases? Oh, okay. So wait is a very difficult question to answer. If only because… When you're playing the game, uh, well, when I play the games, I don't, I don't carry that baggage in me because right, right. the anticipation is not something that gnaws at the back of my head when I'm playing a video game. Okay. I, I can only exist in the now. I can tell you that those games were definitely good enough to warrant their right to. I don't know if they were worth the wait, but they were definitely good. You know what I mean? 15 was good. I'll give you that.
1: Final Fantasy 15 was good. I never played The Last Guardian though, so I can't speak to that. But you know, there's also something to be said about games that take their own sweet time and are just absolute garbage, making you wonder why they bothered in the first place. Um, I guess where I'm coming from is um, the infamous Duke Nukem Forever. The the name, the legend. <laughs> Duke Nukem Forever was a sequel to the classic Duke Nukem 3D. Duke Nukem 3D, of course, was the third in a series of side scrolling Duke Nukem games, but this one took the leap and became a first person shooter. And this was way back. This was what, 1996? Ni- 1996, 96, right? So most of us were just, you know, coming off of Doom and Quake and mm-hmm. Wolfenstein, for heaven's sake. And here comes this game with this. Beer swilling, misogynistic catchphrase spouting, um, walking caricature, basically mm. of the roided out heroes that you know uh, that that Sylvester
0: Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger would play. Yeah, yeah, he's like he's like a, he's like a combination of your crude uncle. And, uh, and an 80s action bro. Absolutely.
1: And it was funny, you know, at the time. <laughs> yeah. you know, um, it was crude, it was rude, but, you know, it was a big hit. And it was one of the first games that I can actually remember playing mm. on a local network. <laughs> so, yeah, everybody everybody looked forward to that. And how, how many years did it take for that to come out? You for mean, the sequel to come out? For Duke Nukem Forever to come out after Duke Nukem 3D? I think it took about 15 years. 15 years and I think, what, like three developers, two publishers? It was yeah. just ridiculous. It,
0: you know, it, it tells you something about a game when uh, the development of the game outlasts the people who created the original game… <laughs> The company that you know originally owned the rights, and you know even like some of the other staffers who uh who conceived the idea. So this game went from a, from a, a 1996 um, Duke Nukem 3D by Apogee and 3D Realms, mm-hmm. and by the time it was released, it was by Gearbox Publishing. <laughs> right,
1: right, and the the sad part was it was garbage. Yeah, It was was absolute garbage. I'm sorry. It just really was. It didn't play right. It didn't look right. And by the time it came out, we were creeping up on, you know, um, let's say more evolved sensibilities. Where the caveman antics of (laughs) this 80s throwback um, weren't entirely… acceptable anymore
0: yeah so it just basically had no reason to exist i mean okay I, I have three things to say about this whole like duke nukem thing go for it number one duke nukem 3d is awesome you should play it again it's it's underrated i love it in a game. way no argument like like the the level design is just so frantic yeah and dynamic and exciting even though it's not as technologically sophisticated as some of its other contemporaries like quake or unreal right but it knew I love how to Unreal do. Unreal
1: tournament, by the way.
0: Yeah, and but mm. it knew how to do. It knew how to do humor and 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 storytelling in this sort of like action adventure right. environment. And number two. Like you said, Duke Nukem Forever was a failure in the terms of its like humor. Mm-hmm. And you said that we have more evolved sensibilities. And that's true. But I also think that the humor is just laughably bad, even if we didn't have evolved sensibilities. I think
1: I agree with you. Because yeah. the, the, the in Duke Nukem 3D, the humor was there, but it was clearly tongue-in-cheek.
0: Yeah. Like when he throws money at strippers and kills a bunch of other you know dudes, like it's not great. But it never feels mean spirited, right? Right, absolutely. But in, in Duke Nukem Forever, there are some rather colorful scenes that you know border on misogynistic, that basically re- describe female characters as being existing only to serve the pleasure of Duke Nukem. At one right. point, what dates the, the game in its crude sensibilities is it actually opens on him receiving oral sex from I think two twins. Yeah, yeah, from twins schoolgirls. Uh, yeah, and I think they're deliberately named to reference some famous celebrities. Either they were supposed to be the Olsen twins, or they were supposed to be Winona and Naomi Judd. I and, can't remember, and, but that sounds about right. And which whichever examples those are... They date, they date the game incredibly. <laughs> Here's the
1: thing. It, it became a parody
0: yeah. of a parody.
1: Yeah. Okay? That's what made it sad. It was a parody of a parody. And by that point, nobody cared. Mm. Nobody cared enough to even try defending it because the gameplay was awful. Yeah. And there was just nothing to recommend it.
0: Yeah. And, and, and that's the third and final point that I wanted to make, which is that even if you could get over that ugly humor, the game just sucked. It was glitchy. <laughs> it was badly designed. yeah it was poorly optimized. The art right. looked like crap. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, how? I'm sorry, but how am I supposed to enjoy a misogynist oral sex joke when the graphics look bad? <laughs> <laughs> uh, spoilers: I don't enjoy misogynistic oral sex jokes, <laughs> regardless of the circumstances.
1: Yeah. Well, it's funny that you should be. Talking about happy endings because I think we're nearing the end of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but really, um, there are so many other awful games out there. There are so many other delayed titles out there. There are games that we've been waiting for since, I don't know, high school that we still haven't seen the light of day of. Oh, really? Which ones are those? Half Life 3. Really? Nothing? Come on! Half-Life 3!
0: I, I think I was just shocked.
1: <laughs> why? I've been waiting for that game literally uh, since high school. It's not even funny anymore. It's actually kind of sad.
0: I, I just I just accept that... It's that never ha- going to happen? It's never going to happen.
1: Well, why you got to kill my hopes and dreams? Despair. <laughs> Fine. But when the Avengers comes out and we play it, you get to be the Soviet weightlifter. Deal. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, so um, that's it for delayed games and disappointing games of Yester Decade. Uh, This has been Three Point Landing. Uh, You can listen to our other episodes on Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and uh, you can reach us on Facebook, too. This is Matthew. This is Misha. We're recording. (sighs) This is
1: Misha. We're recording. (laughs) We are recording from Big Baby Studios. Why am I shouting? <laughs> Let's try that again. This is Matthew. This is Misha. And we're recording, as always, from Big Baby Studios. Woo! Woo! Yay! That was fun. <laughs> no, I think that was fun. <laughs> Fucking Half-Life 3. I'm going to be a father by the time that thing comes
0: up. <laughs> My kid will be in high school before that thing comes up. Let me tell you of a legend. <laughs>
1: <laughs> My monitor was the size of hollow blocks at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Three Point Landing is recorded at Big Baby Studios. Follow us on Facebook at Three Point Landing PH.